0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode nine of Dad College. Usual crew here, Cam and Dave. What's Hello. Up?
1: Hey. Hey. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I was going to say I'm tired, but I feel like I whined about that last episode, so I'm not going to do it this time. Yeah. Can't do it more than once. Heavy sigh.
1: It was a heavy sigh. I even heard it kind of. I know.
0: <laughs> that was a very good sound effect. <laughs>
1: So here we are. Episode yes.
0: 9. And I want our listeners to know that Dave has handcrafted a table. <laughs> yeah. For uh our computers and gear. We uh we had another table from IKEA that Dave brutalized. Yeah. Cuz he likes to tighten the microphone too much and poke holes in it. But we have a sturdy wood table. And I'm quite impressed, sir. I appreciate your efforts.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to put uh, bottle caps from the beer that we have consumed during the podcasting. No, my mother doesn't. (laughs) My
0: my mother doesn't care. She buys me whiskey. Anyways.
1: Yeah, it's going to be. It's
0: not quite done. Maybe when we're done, we'll put a photo. We'll take a photo, put it in all the show notes for all the different shows. Sure. Because, you know, it's the little things like this that the listeners don't. (laughs) You know? The sound quality is not going to change. Nope. But. You know, it's just nice to have handcrafted things made by a friend. (laughs) I'm being overly sentimental, aren't I?
1: Yeah. Although, I, well, I I was actually kind of sentimental over all the bottle caps. (laughs) I was like, like,
0: oh my God, our livers. Uh."
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, two people over the course of three years.
0: This is true. So, not... not, uh... Many much bottle caps. Was there a theme in the bottle caps that you noticed? An overwhelming majority of a single...
1: I, well, and this is probably a little bit my doing. Uh, Sam Adams that's probably okay with that. Was probably the main one.
0: I was gonna guess that and Boulevard would be the main too.
1: Um there wasn't nearly as many Boulevard as I thought there would be. Um and then um well there are some of my Budweisers in there too. So <sighs> those go on your side of the table. <laughs> Preferably <laughs> they're, under they're the gonna mixer. Be, they'll be they'll be inner Mixed throughout, so um, yeah, so but we have every once I, in a while I, a weed. What's uh, what's the one of the microbrews from Michigan? Bells is that the one with the Sun,
0: yeah, Oberon, yeah.
1: Mm. So we got the Michigan microbrew, mm-hmm. we've got the Lawrence microbrew from Free State in there, we got Boulevard in there. Um, so yeah, it was even kind of a little bit like, oh, it was kind of a fun mix of... I really want
0: Oberon now. Um, yeah, so that's a Beer Corner. I mean, it's dad <laughs> college. I figured we should
2: talk beer at some point, right? Yes. Um. Well, should we get down to it? Sure. I don't man. have anything witty to say. Which is really disappointing. So we're going to talk about something I'm a little afraid of. <laughs> when your kid goes from being what my kid is
0: now, super cute and cuddly and laughy because she can't talk back and she doesn't really have the fine motor skills to do terrible things just yet. I mean, she's walking. She can feed herself, like, you know, but she, she can't, you know. She doesn't have the um, the willing evilness of a toddler yet. <laughs> Yes. So we're going to, I think, this episode talk about um, parenting toddlers and dealing with talking back and stealing toys and and, and all of the things that kids do. Um, Because, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for, you know, my cute little girl to start talking back to me and being a bit of a turd.
1: Yep. I kind of like her the way she is right now. (laughs) Yeah. Thinking back on... Olivia and Caroline. um, I truly think you, for me personally, we went from one of my favorite ages, stages of life with Uh a baby and they're discovering the world, not to like, Oh my goodness, whose child are you? And (laughs) why are you so difficult? So, and then, uh, then, you know, they kind of come out of it and, You have some good years in there, and then they become teenagers. So, Olivia is 16, just about to be 17. And I feel like we're starting to 16, 15, 14, 15, 16. Not my favorite either. (laughs) And so we're kind of on the other side of that. And then Caroline is almost 21, and she's in college and is actually taking some, uh, like, Bible classes. And so I love just the text that I get from her now of, "Hey, what do you think about?" And this will be like some deep theological, you know,
0: it perfectly answered over text message. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so, <laughs> uh,
1: but we we have we have good discussions with those, and and you know, and even honestly, I'm I'm starting to even see it a little bit uh, with Olivia. She had a wacky theory about Mars and the fact that people possibly lived on Mars at one time, and we destroyed it, and now we're doing the same thing to Earth. And but it was, it was, it was as wacky as her idea was. One, I've had wackier. Uh, two, I just think it it shows she is thinking for herself and is thinking outside the box and kind of reconciling science with her faith and you know a literal creation story and you know kind of what I even lend to her, which I'm not advocating this. But I said to her, I said, sure, Garden of Eden could have been Mars, you know, and they got banished from the Garden of Eden and were put on Earth. Okay, let's say that's true. What, is, what does that really change about what you believe about God and, you know, the essentials?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was like, well, I guess it doesn't really change anything. And I said, well, then it's probably one of those things that it's fun to think about and okay, but... um." You you know, it's not something you're going to die on the hill over. And so anyway, it was just it was just fun to have that. So, yeah, the baby discovering the world stage is truly one of my favorites on the verge of one of the more difficult.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the, uh, it's a bait and switch is what I think it is. They give you the cute little baby, you know, and they poop and they slobber and you don't care cause they're super cute. And mm-hmm. they learn how to smile and clap their hands and walk and giggle. And her Kennedy's new thing is she'll sit there and she'll just go, like for no reason. She's ah! like, all right, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Or she'll, this is like, I know she can't read. My brain knows this, but she'll sit there and she'll rifle through her books and she'll look at the page and go, ah, 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 and then flip ah, ah, and then look at their page and go and just look at it and then flip it and go. Ah, and like, she'll go through the whole book and then she'll grab the next one. And she just like, I know she's not reading. In my brain. But I'm like, oh, my God, she's laughing at the books. Yeah. She's reading and laughing. I I realize that's not what's happening, but I don't think she's ever seen me read a book. She's definitely never seen my wife read a book. (laughs) So we've read to her. We've read the books to her. So perhaps that's what she's inferring from. But it's just like, you just let her go. She'll go find a book, and she'll sit down and do that. It just like blows my mind. Yeah, like what what are, what is going on in her brain in that moment? Yeah, she can't read the words. She, I mean, it. Okay, kids' books are like five percent words and ninety five percent pictures, but like, what what is she processing as she's reading? You know, mm-hmm. in serious air quotes, those books. Yeah, and why is she giggling? And why like why is she deriving pleasure and enjoyment out of look like I don't. It's just interesting to me, you know. So she's going to go from that to being, you know, just intolerable in like a year. She's ten and a half months right now. Her birthday's on Thanksgiving this year.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah, so
0: we got fun. a majority of both sides of the family's coming down. Awesome. So I guess, so my concerns are, like today, for example, um, she was taking a nap. I decided to play some video games. Because I'm a millennial, and they're still important to us, Dave. <laughs> uh, I've been on, like, a weird video game kick. It's like I really need a, I need a job bad.
3: <laughs>
0: like, really. This was, like, I was I'm like, I'm 31, and I'm playing NCAA football on my PlayStation. Why do I even have a PlayStation? I'm 31. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, she's asleep, whatever. And so I'm playing, and I'm getting really mad. And I start cussing at the TV. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want her first word to be yeah. <laughs> son of a, you know what, or a GD,
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. you know? And I'm like, I didn't used to worry about, I mean, I shouldn't be cussing anyways, but like I didn't, I didn't used to think like the music I listened to or the, like she would watch game of Thrones with us when she was younger. Cause she wouldn't go to bed
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm not going to miss that. Um, but now I'm like, crap, like she's old enough now that, She might remember. She can't Mm -hmm. talk yet, but, like, I'm starting to become much more aware of what I do and how even my tone of voice. Like, there was at one point I yelled at the TV because the computer was cheating so bad, Dave. (laughs) And she started going, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, pause, time out. Like, I'm not yelling at, oh, my God. I'm yelling at a television at a stupid video game, and my kid is about to cry because she thinks I yelled at her. It's like, this is everything wrong about that um so anyways where was i going with that now i feel horrible like i'm a terrible parent (laughs) um but like okay so my point in all of that the books the the yelling the video games is like she is super 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 aware of everything that's going on and she's super curious and she wants to know everything that's going on um but at some point that's going to transition into her being able to talk and talk back and say no and throw temper tantrums when she doesn't get what she wants. And, and so I've seen a lot of people do handle that stuff really badly. Like my mom used to call it Kmart mom, Mm -hmm. you know, like, they're like, Oh, blue light special, crazy mom in aisle four. And you could hear in the whole store Mm -hmm. screaming at her child. Yeah. And my mom used to threaten when we were young and being bad, she goes, do not make me Kmart mom. We're like,
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Heads down, eyes on the floor. Let's just get out of here before <laughs> mom loses it. Um, but like, it's funny, but it's true. Like you see people not, oh, ha- not yeah. handling young children, toddlers, four or five, you know, that, that age. Well,
2: and I know myself well enough to know that my patience. Is fine, fine,
0: fine, fine. Gone. Like it, it drops off fast. There's no gradual. Like I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess, guys, this is a really long-winded way to say I want to
2: know how to handle and deal with the frustrating two, three, four and five year old that
0: is freaking out in public, that isn't listening, that doesn't understand reason because they're two, three, four right. or five. Right. Like, you know, and I'm, I made this comment earlier, like how do I react and respond to them as a two, three or four or five year old and not try to talk to them like they're an adult. Cause they're not right. reason. Isn't going to work. Nope. Social awkwardness. Isn't going to be a reason for them to stop. Right. Um, and so I just want to, and I know I'm not the only person in the world that has had these fears, um, or will have them, but just, I guess, an honest discussion about, you know, what to expect, how to handle those situations, and that child, and then, you know, I guess go from there. Yep, That was really long-winded. I apologize.
1: <laughs> well, I think uh, one of the things we can start with is, is so you talk about the Kmart mom or Kmart parent, and what, what would you describe you see happening with that person in terms of not being able to control a child? What, like,
2: how do I feel about it, or, or what, what, do you, what is going on? I
1: guess kind of what do you think, like, do you feel like there are certain behaviors that you could describe, or that there's like a consistency? Of, of the child or of the parent? The parent. Uh,
0: they're visibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. They don't know, they don't know how to handle what's happening. So they freak out mm-hmm. and they just yell and they, they, I mean, they, you can just see visibly they're like at their wits end. They right. don't know what to do. They're emotionally right, just done. And so it's just, it all comes out.
1: Yeah. Uh.
0: And then the kid, it just makes the situation worse because then the kid freaks out.
1: Yeah. So I, one of the things that, For me personally, when I've I've noticed that, is there's a disconnect between the parent saying what they're going to do and then them actually doing it. Mm. And so what you're seeing played out is kind of what you talked about is something that like at home that is a private battle has suddenly become a public battle. And so first of all, what comes to my mind is being consistent with your child, and if you say you're going to do it, do something. Then do it. Don't, kids quickly pick up on false threats, mm-hmm. things that you're not gonna. So my guess is, is at home these parents have said things, and you know either the kid, you know, did what they wanted them to do, or. The fact that the kid escalates it doesn't really matter, and they ignore it or they do whatever. So, my first answer is is to be consistent and do what you say you're going to do. Um, There is nothing that is going to work. I don't believe, uh, and based on my experience, I haven't seen this. There's nothing that's going to work for everybody all the time, right? Uh, So, you need to figure out what that is in the home and be consistent with that so that your child knows that if you say, I'm going to do blank, you're going to do it. And that when that behavior comes out in a very public place, you have to be prepared uh, for that. And so I think one of the things that gets these parents frustrated or whatever is that uh, they make finishing their task, being at the store, the priority versus disciplining their child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you are are really kind of setting this in terms of being consistent. Um, if it means leaving the store, then you're going to have to leave the store. Mm -hmm. If it's dealing with the child in the way that you're going to deal with the child, then you've got to deal with the child. Um, the other thing that I've often speculated is that, uh, spankings happen in the home, And then in public, they don't want to do that.
0: Because you can go to jail for that.
1: Because you can go to jail for that. And it's just that there is kind of this, you know, just awkwardness of, oh my gosh, they just struck their child and they struck their child in front of me. So your discipline at home needs to be something that's going to work in a public place. Because your behavior is going to change. And so you need to be prepared for that. So I would say... um, that's just one of those things. And so it may mean, um, abandoning your task at the store or whatever you're doing in public and leaving with the child in order to discipline them. Um, sometimes that's what the kid wants. The kid wants to get out of the store <laughs> and so you're going to have to deal with, um, you're going to have to deal with that, uh, at the store so you can get what you want and what you need to done versus what, uh, the child wants to have happen. So I guess that's the first thing is is uh, you need to find something that works at home, that you're consistent with, that you can then uh, take out uh, into public with your child. The second thing is, is I'm guessing Kennedy is probably on some sort of a schedule right now. For the most part. For the most part.
0: When she actually decides to go to bed, she just does not want go to bed.
1: Does she generally eat at a certain time during
0: the day? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the breakfast, nap, lunch, nap, dinner routine is pretty, 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 pretty consistent. Okay. And then after dinner, bath time, mm-hmm. and then Meredith tries to get her down, because I'm usually at work at that point, point. Yep. Um and then I come home from work at, like, 9.30, and Kennedy's still not asleep, because when Mom's there, you know, she wants to, you know nurse or even though she doesn't actually nurse, she just wants to be attached to mom. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but like I come in and then she's out in five minutes and Meredith is like, how do you do that? I'm like, I just must be really boring. Apparently <laughs> I don't think she likes me. <laughs> um But you know, if I could be home earlier then perhaps she would go to bed a bit earlier. And, but even then she sleeps like an hour and wakes up and I have to go put her back down. And then she sleeps like an hour and wakes back up and I have to go put her back down.
3: I just want her to sleep.
1: So, so even in that, there's consistency in terms of when she eats and when she sleeps mm-hmm. and when she does her things. And so, if you disrupt that schedule,
0: oh yeah, Game
1: then over. you need to be prepared for the consequences and not take it out on the child. So, if I know I've taken my child, okay, we've gone to the doctor, get vaccinations, yada yada yada. Uh, we've done the lunch thing, and I'm hoping to run by the grocery store and get these whatever things before I get home and I know I'm cutting into nap time
3: mm-hmm. and now
1: my kid comes unglued that that's one of those times where you just are going to have to go, yeah, this is really embarrassing that my kid's unglued in public, but I'm not going to punish them because it is not something that, that they have done. So I think that's kind of even, uh, the second piece in all of this is that, um, be consistent with what we do and then realize that there's routine and that there's schedule. And particularly at that age, um, if you're the one disrupting the schedule, you probably need to be prepared for, okay, I'm going to be dealing uh, with some of these things. And so maybe now um, specifically um, behaviors and so um, not wanting to share is, well, is yeah,
0: my concern is like back when I was
1: um, working,
0: I work at a coffee shop, but like back when I was on a normal work schedule, mm-hmm. she was at daycare, and she was with a bunch of other kids, and I was like, oh, thank God, she's not going to be a brat, because <laughs> like at daycare, like you have you have to. to share, and kids are going to steal your toys, and they're and you're going to steal theirs, and you're going to figure it out, and the lovely ladies that were taking care of the kids were going to make sure that. They understood Mm -hmm. what sharing is and why it's important, but like now I'm like, she's the only child. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a lot of playtime with other kids her age. She has some, right? But it's not regular. And usually when they're together, they're out because it's Meredith's friend, Mm -hmm. and they're out. You know, going places and antiquing and. (laughs) <laughs> all that thrilling stuff. So it's not play time. It's just out time. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I would, you know, love to get her a little brother or a little sister sometime soon, but that's not happening
2: anytime yeah. in the near future. Because um, you just don't want your kid to be the one that all the other parents hate. Don't want to be around. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I'm like, she's a sweet
0: little girl, but... Everyone's a monster when you take their toy, right? You know what I mean. You take some, you take an adult's parking lot <laughs> space, and they freak out. So why would I expect you know more from a toddler? Yes. So like, I guess I'm just, I'm not like overly concerned about the sharing thing. More as, uh, more um, that I'm interested. How do I, how do I help her understand that? Without the natural aid of a sibling,
2: to force it upon her,
1: yeah, and and certainly that is it is um, it is easier to do when you have other kids, um, whether that be a sibling or whether it be uh, in in daycare, um. But I think one of the things that is kind of going on here in terms of sharing is a, a toddler is becoming aware of the world and becoming aware of the fact that they have influence over the world. And there are things that they can control and there are things that they can't control. And at that age, there are a lot of things that they can control. Not really. Not really. Uh, So in addition to sharing, I'm of the opinion that this all kind of falls more under this idea of how can I con- what can I control in my world. So if you're even having issues with potty training, if you're having issues with eating or not eating, um, we had one child who uh, didn't like to poop because it was something that she could uh, control. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh boy! Which only ended up in being constipated, and then the other extreme, and yeah. So we went through a while. So they are realizing there are things that I, the, the the things that I can have influence over is limited, and they're trying to figure that out. And so you'll get the the mind, you'll get the I don't want this, and we tend to um make it about kind of a yes or no type option. And I think one of the better ways to deal with a lot of these kinds of things are to give your child multiple options. And so um, when it comes to sharing with a, sharing a toy um, it, it, and again, you're not going to be able to rationalize with a child. I, I get that, but they understand consequences and they understand the, um, and so you give the child, the child a choice and y- y- the other thing you've got to do is be creative <laughs> with kids. Um, and so, um, sometimes the choice can be two positive things. You know, you can have this or you can have that, or it can be a positive and a negative where they're kind of like, well, clearly I have no control over this either because you're going to give me a negative. Um, but it still works in terms of you're putting the power, you're you're giving it back to the child in terms of you share the toy, or you're done playing and you're going to go in timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're you are not now just dictating to your child what they are going to do. Um, and I, I it sounds so simplistic. But my experience has been that it works, giving them a choice, um, even even when they're kind of not totally that cognitively at that place of like, oh, I'm choosing between this and this. It really does give some power back to them in a world where they are learning how to have an influence over things. Uh, one of the things that I started with my oldest daughter very quickly that just kind of stuck with our family is, crying gets you nothing. And I'm not saying this is going to work for everybody's kids, but I very quickly just told my kids when they could start to understand. Well, I t- I said it with Caroline and it just kind of stuck and at work of it, it, it. In this family, if you cry and you throw a temper tantrum and you act like a <laughs> spoiled brat, then you truly are going to get nothing.
2: And, um, That worked with both of our girls to just very early on let them know
1: um, that crying got nothing. And so that may mean being in a public place with your child screaming and saying you're mean and telling you you're a jerk and just totally making a scene. And if you're the type of person that can be comfortable in a social situation of just kind of letting them be that way
2: the consequence for them is, is they're not getting their way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, giving your, giving your child, um,
1: options even at that, that young age does, I think, seem to
2: work. It does seem to help. Um, Give your kid don't don't harp on your kid all the
1: time too. Uh, I think there is an element of just letting your kid be a kid, uh, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you can't reason with a two year old, well, don't expect a two year old to not act like a two year old, <laughs> and just be okay with it. Sometimes uh, when it happens, uh, you know, I will. One of the things that I will tell my daughters even still to this day, is, you know, don't expect a teenage boy to act like a man. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I hear my girls saying, well, he did this, and he didn't do this, and I have to look at him and go, yeah, that's exactly what a 16-year-old boy should be doing. (laughs) And you shouldn't have such high expectations of him. Now, if he's 25 and he's acting that way, or, you know, you see me acting that
2: way, well, then you need to call him on it. but. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's kind of one of the things is um, allowing your child to be a child and um, be comfortable with those kind of awkward moments where they do just completely uh,
1: come unglued. Um, But I do think there is this element of being consistent and practice at home what you want the behavior to be when company is over when you're in a public place because i think there's this element of some of those parents that come unglued and completely panic what they're okay with at home suddenly does not become okay in a public place and they do freak out and they're like oh i don't mm-hmm. know what to do
0: well i don't yeah i oh, never mind i was going to say something that upon reflection i realize is not helpful which just mean. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the options thing to me is very interesting. I don't remember being given options mm-hmm. as a kid. Now, my memory of my early childhood is fuzzy at best, and in most cases, totally absent.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, not due to trauma, just because my brain remembers trivia, movie quotes, and song lyrics, and that's really about
2: it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if I've heard it sung or read it, I've got a pretty good shot at remembering it. But, like, my wife will say, hey, can you take the trash out? And literally five minutes later, I don't remember the conversation, and she gets mad at me for not taking the trash out. Not, not because I'm being, uh, you know, malicious or, you know, purposely free. I, my brain just doesn't remember that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally, like, every bill that I have to pay, I have a, a recurring alarm that goes off on my phone. And, like, like, anything that's important that I have to do in my life is a, is a reminder on my phone that yeah. goes off when I have... Otherwise, I just don't... My brain just doesn't. Yeah. But you want to know sports <laughs> trivia or movie quotes or song lyrics? I'm your guy. Um, I had a whole point to that. See? I
1: don't remember where I was going. <laughs> so you don't remember having choices as a kid?
0: Thank you, Dave. Yep. Gosh, you're such a professional. Um, And... I I could have, um, but my parents were also like, they always jokingly refer to me as the test child.
3: Right. Which you are as the oldest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But they tried to simplify things. Like I could only, like I couldn't do Boy Scouts and a sport. I had to pick. And I I think
1: simplifying is a good, yeah. So I did
0: sports because I'm, you know, that worked out great for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's also like they had three kids and I wanted to play travel soccer. And that wasn't an option because they didn't want to be spending the entire weekend driving me to and fro. And and like, I get why they didn't do it. But at the time I was pissed, you know, cause in my mind I was going to be some great soccer player and that <laughs> just wasn't in the cards. But you know, at 12, you don't know that. Sure. Uh, well, most 12 year olds don't, I'm sure some know, and some definitely <laughs> know it's not going to happen. I, I thought I was going to be, you know, the next great American soccer player.
1: Yeah, I think at 12, I, it was pretty much a, well, I just decide what I'm going to do and I go do it. And yeah. And it happens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And also in middle school, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Didn't realize really all that it entailed. I just thought it was badass, mm-hmm. you know? Um, anyways, but um, my previous job, um, I spent about a year working at my boss's house before I got to work at my own house. And he has four children. And when I started, only the two oldest were old enough to go to school when the two youngest were at home. And then of course during the summertime, everyone was home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so his wife's full time gig was dealing with the kids all day while we worked. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I got a very, very good look into what it's like to be one on four. Oh yeah. And Kate is amazing. Like, she's, like, I, I would, sometimes I would leave. I'm like, how does she, every day, how does she do it? And, like, she doesn't raise her voice. Like, she's, I'm like, some people I think are just, like, naturally good at that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, but one of the things I picked up on, and it didn't even click, really, about this topic until you brought up the whole options. she would give the older boys options.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, you can do this now. But that means later when I say it's time, we have to do this. Mm -hmm. Or, and and the this would be homework or cleanup or something not as fun. So she's like, you can go play now for a little while. But when I say we're done, we're done. And then we're going to go do the not fun stuff. Or you can do the not fun stuff now. And then you can play the rest of the afternoon. What would you rather do? And they would always pick fun now. Right. And then she'd be like, all right, boys. And oh, she goes, "Uh uh-uh. We had, remember we discussed. You chose to do this first. Yeah, we're following. So, like, she would give them options and then hold them to the decision they made. And I would, I didn't like, I, I didn't think a whole lot about. It. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But you know, in one ear, out the other, for the most part. But as you brought it up, I
1: was like, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is, is I, I think, um, we need to be aware of what behaviors we are. Conditioning our kids to have so, um, as a baby,
3: uh-huh. if
1: Kenny wa- Kennedy wanted something, she cried to get it. At some point, you have to transition away from that, and one of the ways to do that is to not respond to crying. And
2: yeah, we're struggling with
0: this right now, especially Meredith, because she thinks it's cruel.
1: But you, but you have. Which, when they're younger, that's, that's what you have to do. You have to respond to the crying. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to send the message to them, you're not going to get what you want. Just because you're crying. Just because you're crying.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, because my, my response to her is always like, she's crying because she wants to be held, because she's tired, and she just woke up. And the reason you know nothing's actually wrong is the second you touch her, yeah. Silence. But Meredith's like, yeah, but there's tears, and I'm like, yeah, there are tears, cause she's crying, but it, she's not in pain, she's not suffering trauma, mm-hmm. like she just wants you to hold her, cause she wants to be comforted, and then she's back asleep in five minutes, and so I think the the issue we're having
2: is we don't know what she understands and what she doesn't, you know what I mean? Like she can't
0: vocalize what. The problem is, so her only option is to cry. Right. That's the only way she knows how to get our attention when the door is shut. Yeah. And we're in a different room. Yeah. So, could she be terrified and feel like she's alone and we're never coming back? (laughs) Probably. Or, does she just not like being in her crib and wants to be with us? That's probably more likely. Because again, the second we touch her, Mm -hmm. she stops crying and everything's totally fine. Right. But I think wh- I think what'll be easier for Meredith is when she can talk. Right. And then we can say you know, at that point, now that you can vocalize even if it's broken English, right. Like no or I scared or yeah. whatever. Like at least then there's another option and we can say great, stop crying, tell me the problem. And even even if it's just basic English, then I think that's when she will feel more comfortable. Because I'm just like, just let her cry, and then I feel like a jerk because Meredith is all, you know, (laughs) distraught, and and I feel like I'm the bad person. And I'm just like, eh. People used to drive around their kids with no seatbelts. Like we could be doing far worse things, Um, but I think for her it will be much easier emotionally to let the crying go to break it when we can say, have a mini conversation with Kennedy about what the problem is. And if it's, I just don't want to go to bed, well, sorry, it's bedtime.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and and you do, you just, you learn well, at some point you have to make that transition. Yeah. And everybody knows when the right time for you is as a parent and the right time for your kid. But again, it's just that kind of that realization of we have and rightfully so we have trained this child to cry to get what they want mm-hmm. and now we have to we have to move um
2: away from that i think luckily for us the only time she really does cry mm-hmm. is at night yeah
0: like she has other ways like we know when she's needs a nap she just gets a little fussy and
2: irritated you know she
3: just
2: give her a bottle and she's out. But like, she doesn't at this point, the only time she
0: cries is when she wakes up from sleeping and we're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're really lucky there that she doesn't use crying for everything else. But again, she's only, you know, 10 and a (laughs) half months old. So we'll see, you know, what happens in the next
2: couple of years. But yeah, it's, I think it's gonna be really hard on Meredith, the whole, crying bit to not.
1: Um, I don't know. We'll see. We, we actually, when we, so we adopted will when he was, I don't remember. He, yeah, he was five and then he turned six right after he got here. So,
0: Oh God. Yeah. And he can't even, and he can't vocalize. He what? can't
1: vocalize, but I mean, he, when he first got here, he would scream bloody murder. and, like, I just remember being like, am, am I traumatizing this kid? Am I traumatizing my girls? I think Caroline and Olivia are probably like, They're going to write books about <laughs> when we first brought Will be home because I was the jerk of like, No, you're going to let him cry. And uh, even in that, um, would discipline him uh, with that. Um, I will say, I am not a huge advocate of
2: spanking, but I did spank all three of my kids, Mm -hmm. and um, it's just funny. It would absolutely send Wilby when we would
1: do it. And that's, was kind of one of those first things that made me kind of like, I, I started having these moments since he's an orphan, we don't know his past. Like I started having these moments of like, Oh, was he abused? And I'm just like compounding it or, you know? Yeah. And so even with him as, as older and being nonverbal, we had to, um, kind of had, well, we navigated those waters and, um, it's just funny now because he's been with us for, gosh, I can't believe he's been here for five years. Um, But it's, it's truly one of those things now where like even joking with him about spanking, he knows now that I wouldn't spank him. Like he knows he's big enough and that's not what dad does. And it's been long enough, but there's even still this look of like, like, he gives me this look like, I know you'll do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so anyway, I, I was probably a bigger advocate of spanking with my first two. And then after having be and some of the stuff that he brought with him being adopted and having a disability, I was still not above using it. But it made me kind of realize, wow, there's more to this than just... yeah. Um, discipline and just even, you know, the concept of a parent causing pain to a child. I think my concern knowing me
0: and again, my, my patients kind mm-hmm. of threshold being very quick is that I'm afraid I will spank my child out of anger.
1: Yeah. You don't want to do that. And not
0: out of a yeah. disciplinary way and that uh, i'm not like i'm not against morally ethically emotionally i'm not against spanking like my my parents spanked me my mom spanked me one time and i laughed because it was like uh-huh. and that was the last time i ever got spanked and my parents were just like all right you're grounded now which was the worst thing cuz my freedom you know back in the 90s we just ran around the neighborhood and and just you know mm. in and out of everyone's backyards cops and robbers you know street hockey like we just ran the neighborhood So not being able to do that, like my parents figured out quickly was the most effective discipline for me was
2: taking my freedom away. And then later it was go to your room and no video games, no television.
0: You can sit and stare at a wall or you can read. Mm -hmm. And if we catch you playing video games with the TV on, your grounding is doubled. Yeah. So if it was, if I was grounded for five days, boom, it was like 10. Yeah. And like, they were liberal with the lengths on how much because they knew that it was effective for me, um but like I'm afraid, especially like if you know, if it's in public and I'm just for whatever reason, just kind of not in a good mood to begin with, that I would spank my kid out of anger, and that's not something I would ever be comfortable with, and I would feel like, in hindsight. Super, super, super terrible about. Yeah. Because that's sending a totally different message than... A- absolutely. You did this. or Yeah. I told you not to do this. You did it anyways. Your consequence is, you know, two spanks. And yep. it's going to hurt. But that's the consequence, and you knew going into it, and you still made the decision. Mm-hmm. Now, that, to me, is a lot cleaner. Yeah. There are certainly other options, Um but yeah... Doing it out of anger is just like, holy Moses, start the counseling fund
1: for both of us. Yeah. Also, I would recommend that if your child is doing violence, like biting or hitting, that the consequence of the spanking more, yeah. doesn't, doesn't match the... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so being consistent with the that. The other thing that, that you need to remember, so in terms of a toddler saying no and um, grabbing things, not sharing, not eating or whatever is um, they're testing their world. They're figuring out what they have influence and control over. They're really even kind of testing you and what, what are you going to allow me to get away with and not get away with. Um, you know, I'm all for things like making your kids eat vegetables. But you know what? If your kid throws a fit uh, over having corn, don't serve corn. It, it, it really is kind of like...
0: You're- it's okay. Corn is not a vegetable anyways, Dave.
1: green beans, (laughs) sorry, that was broccoli. Yeah. So, you know, kind of even pick your battles on those kinds of things of just, um, you know, it's okay for your kid to be a picky eater, find the things that are healthy that they like and and give it to them versus, um, you know, if, if a kid doesn't like something, there's more going on there than just them being difficult. They may truly just not like it. Uh, The other thing is, is they don't, they don't always understand why um, they don't want the natural consequences of their behavior that you're telling them no for a reason. So when they open the hot stove or they reach, you know, they reach for the hot stove or they try to open the hot oven and you're saying no to them or they go to, stick something in the outlet, they don't understand that they don't want the natural consequences of that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those things where we know that there's going to be physical harm for them, uh, we're probably pretty clear with our message. We're probably very decisive with our message and they understand that that is not something that they should do. Um, and, and as best we can, I think we need to transfer that into other areas for them of just um, consistency in the message uh, that we're sending them understand that your kid is going to have meltdowns understand that your kid's not going to want to share understand um, they're gonna the other thing that drove me crazy or drove Melissa and I crazy was the asking of questions why is it why is it, is it weird why? that
0: I'm like sickly awaiting that stage um, I think it's totally naivete on my part. Probably. But I just don't think I I, 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 I'm pretty sure I don't know what I'm about to get into, but part of me's like, bring it on kid. <laughs> and then I think after about like day 2
1: i it'll be just like, Oh my God, stop, please. Yeah. It, it, I think it probably takes even longer than that, but so yeah, I don't know if that.
0: No. Yeah. I feel like in six or eight months, I'm gonna have to re-listen to this episode. <laughs> um, I mean, I know for me that was incredibly helpful. So, selfishly, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Um, and obviously there are other people that know more than I do out there that... Should write into the show. Exactly. Give their input on what they've experienced. Yeah. So, please do
0: help me. Please <laughs> help. Uh, you can email us, hello at net. There's a link in the show notes to the email as well as both of our Twitters. Dave's at David J. Hogue. I'm at Cam Brennan. And and if you want to help support what we do on this show, on our other podcasts, you can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Super Megacorp. Again, the link's in the show notes. And um, check out the different rewards we have there. And, man, if you do that. That would be great. Big time high five. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that'll do it, and we'll be back
1: next time. We'll we'll be in double digits next time. Ooh. Uh, Episode
0: 10. 10. Come on, Dave. (laughs)
1: We're triple digits. (laughs) I know. All right. All righty. Bye. Bye.